Miami.
Freestyle is not dead. Banned from radio station playlists. Disregarded by nightclubs. Protested by trendy DJs. The stepchild of dance music now rises. And evolves. Back to the times of yesterday. Today. And for right now. This very minute, this very second freestyle is not dead. Once known as club music, Latin hip-hop, heartthrob, electro, Miami music, old school, new school, West Coast flavor, and whatever other adjective you wish to include. Join us, enjoy, and listen to the sounds of the evolution of freestyle. Hosted by Mr. Miami. Freestyle is not dead. Ah, we're back. It's been a long time. My hammy. Too long. Hope Pat rub hands. We got much love. We love you all. But don't you stand in our way. Back up. You feeling this? I feel that. Miami town. <laughs> no more time for games. Oh, Rip off cheats and liars. You know who you are. It's time to get paid. Finally. You believe this? Yes, I do. We do it for the love. Yeah. We do it for the money. Uh-huh. Our music demands your attention. Yeah. So listen and tell somebody. Uh-huh. This ain't your typical freestyle shit. No, we stay true to the roots and evolve all this. See? People counted us out, but we didn't. I didn't. Enjoy the music and listen. Dance, drink, and sex to this. There's plenty more to come. And Mr. Miami made all this.
Man, you're listening to Freestyle's Not Dead Radio Show. You just heard Counting the Bees by Joey Kidd. Joey also happens to be on the phone with you right now. Joey Kidd, uh, just one D now. How you doing, Joey? Just one D. Just one D. <laughs> just one D. Joey Kidd's coming to Philly Saturday, December 15, 2018, to perform live at the Celtic Cross Tavern. So thanks for taking the time. Yes, jump on the call, talk about your music, your career, your life. And let's just jump right into it. Hello, hello to everyone. Hello to everyone going to Philly, you know. We're going to get the pop in. We're going to get, we're going to do an amazing show and everything, you know, you know. Okay, there's a lot to talk about, Joey. So let's just get started right away. So originally from Puerto Rico, you moved and you grew up in New York City. Uh, what was it like yeah. growing up in New York City? And, and, and not just growing up in New York City, but the friends that you had growing up, like the George Lamont, the Chris Barbosas, the little Louis Vegas, these freestyle legends. What was it like growing up, coming from Puerto Rico into New York City? It was, it was amazing because um, me and George, we, we um, I was up the block. He was down the block. Chris Barbosa was in Brooklyn, you know, in Starrett City, Brooklyn. 
you know, literally Vega was in Manhattan. Actually, Bronx, we had a communication. Me and George always had a communication. Me and George always said we're cousins. We are cousins in blood. Chris Barbosa was his domain, his factor. When I started, when he started, it was like, it was so weird because, you know, we were on the same block, same block. Literally, Vega was literally Vega. Like the um, the David Morales, Shep Pettibone, and all that. I mean, it was beautiful. It was a beautiful thing. We all grew up. I could say it like this: all Latinos, we we grew up in that in that era because that's that was the era. That was the era of the breakdancing, the freestyling, all the, all that stuff. It w- it was a beautiful thing. Freestyle came from a genre that it was so beautiful. You know, it was so beautiful. It didn't stop. It didn't stop. And all I can say is that freestyle kept it living. And you you have a lot of people who came into that game, like a David Cole from CNC Music Factory, Robert Cavillas, CNC Music Factory. You know, you had all these people that came in. You got the um, Tony Moran, Latin Rascals. You had all that. You had all that genre, and that that was the beautiful, most beautiful thing in the world. If you if you really really want to listen to a good freestyle record, listen to it and really listen to it. Besides that, because people just jumped on the bandwagon and made freestyle die. All right, let's go way back and talk about the very beginnings and how you got started in entertainment and the music business. So as you're a kid coming up in the Bronx, New York City, how did things start to materialize where you're like... You started, you know, we, we didn't just start dancing. We just, we, we sang, you know, like we, we would stay in like a corner in the Bronx and everything. We would just sing and sing. The person that discovered me as Joey Kid was La India. La India was the fiance of Little Louis Vega. And me and George, we would go to Heartthrob. There was no liquor, no nothing, no nothing nothing like that. You know, we would just go to dance and enjoy ourselves. And the thing was that Little Louis Vega came up to me and went, Oh, La India is, you know, looking for you. And I'm like, Why? She has a she has a surprise for you. So she told me that I got some, you know, this um, this um, independent record company, Basic Records, Barry Ziegler, Craig Bevan, they need an artist. So went there, Jersey City, not too far where um, Judy Torres lives. So let's go into the story. She had a couple of dates. It's almost a teenager at the time, this, right? Yeah, and my first song was not Broken Promises. My first song was um, Who's Bad. There was a, a song that Craig Bevan did for Europe. Like I was mimicking Michael Jackson. Who's bad? Who's bad? It was like a like like someone on like how sample records that they would put out back in the day. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. I'm gonna track that down and break your balls off when you come when you come to December. <laughs> <laughs> then after that was Broken okay. Promises, and then from Broken Promises was um, Counting the Days, and then Everything I Own. Then the album got signed to Atlantic Records, which is beautiful. You love me with all of your heart, but you went around, you did me wrong. Tell me, who do you think you are? You've been seen with other guys, you've been seen even with my best friend. You used and abused the love I gave.
uh, Broken Promises uh, dropped in 1988. This is less high this, school, man. This is when freestyle is really starting to pop. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then that's when Battle of the Heart. I always thought that, and I'm not sure, let's admit you can clear this up for me. Was Joey Keith in Loose Touch? When, when, when the, because like, cause you guys have a relationship with yeah, we, we, were, we were Loose Touch. We were Loose Touch, okay? And and um, the whole thing was that I was doing my thing. So you were already recording your solo stuff when Loose Touch was officially, I guess, recording with Chris? Yeah, George recording with Chris, and I was recording with, you know, Barry and, and, and Craig Bevan. We were just doing that, and then when Battle of the Heart came out, they say that Broker Promises came out before Battle of the Heart. I don't know if, I, I don't know. I don't know. But I know that we we started to perform Battle of the Heart as Loose Touch because George didn't get his name because when he got signed to Columbia with Dave German, they said, you need to change the name. Yeah, Loose Touch is not, it's not right. So they gave him George Lamont. For some reason, I don't know why Dave German did that, to give him, like, such a French name, George Lamond. But it is what it is because it's like Lisa Lisa is Lisa Velez. Back in the day, Latinos, they didn't want to use their the last names. They were probably doing that for crossover reasons, for, for yeah, marketing and exactly. beyond beyond the lines. I mean, here you guys and girls yeah. are blowing up in, in the communities, and they want to now be yeah, like, bring this down to a... Yeah, the only one that, that kept it, See, Cynthia was Cynthia. Judy Torres was Judy Torres. She was not just Judy. Judy Torres was like on um, profile. So Judy Torres was just Judy Torres. Coro was just Coro. If you really, really look at everything that's going down, it's like Lizette Melendez. I don't know how it, it kept it that way. Because Lisa right. Lisa was Lisa Lisa. Because that's Colombia didn't want that urban, they didn't want that Latino, like, okay, she's Lisa Lisa. We don't want Lisa Velez. It doesn't sound right. Like, if me, my name, Joey, okay, that's, that's Joseph or Jose, whatever, Jose Perez or Joey Baez. They don't want that. Joey Kid, Barry Ziger is the one that created that. You know, we, we can't use it's, it's not going to sound like Joey Kid because you look like a kid. Joey Kid. So that's how my name got started. Everybody else, like George, it was loose hey, touch. Hey, when you were given it, when they when they christened you your Joey Kid, did you fight it or you? No, I, I never did. No, no I, I never did. I never never hated it. Like as I got older, branching into like the CNC Music Factory with Trilogy and all that, and people would call me JK. And there was, there was a group of mine in Brooklyn. Yo, what up, JK? Like that, JK. They knew I, they right. knew I was your kid, but they, they say JK. And I'm like, that's cool, you know? That sounds cool. Joey Kid is always going to be Joey Kid because I even asked Chris Barbosa, and Chris Barbosa is a legend. He's my, he's everything to me. Everything to me. He is, I was his best man at his wedding. How did you officially meet Chris Barbosa? I met Chris Barbosa for Marilyn Rodriguez because Marilyn Rodriguez brought Chris Barbosa to um to George Lamont. I mean, excuse me, George Garcia in the Bronx, and I was around. Chris just you know Lagosa Records. Um, when Lagosa was with um, I forget the other label that was merged. Was that emergency? The, when they put the Shannon stuff there? Or? <laughs> no, not no, emergency. Yes, and also um Warlock Records. Warlock yes, Records. Yeah, there you go. Yes, yes. That was all um, 
Chris and then Mark Liggett and all that. It was beautiful because that's how George, he was, he was like the main one, I think, if I'm not, like, not mistaken. He was like the main one, but it was always Monet. I, I remember the Mo- Mo- who was she as far as, was she somebody's girlfriend or like? She, actually, she was, um, Matthew. Matthew's girl. That was, <laughs> that was a whole different story because, um. Who's, Ma- oh, who's Matthew? Is he anybody in the freestyle or? No, you Matthew was a friend. You're like, you're like, I know, I don't know all your friends. Like, you have a lot of friends, no. bro, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew, Matthew was just, um, he was a part of, um, Warlock. And, um, he was a rapper and he was going out with Monet and Monet was, Monet was with Chris, but also with Mark Liggett, with Lagosa. So at the same time, you, you, so you're recording, you're hooked up with bass, but you're doing Broken Promises. In the same year, uh, George is recording with Chris Barbosa, uh, doing Bad, Bad of the Heart. Um, and they come up, they're doing you the name Loose Touch. So the name Loose Touch was the group you guys put together. It was like, it was like a crew name, yeah. It was Loose Touch, like, because George was always, he was always into the graffiti. George can draw. He can draw his ass off. He can draw. He used to tag up in the Bronx, tag up loose so touch. Were you recording with Chris and George on Battle Heart when it was loose touch or not? No, no. Not okay. Battle of the Heart. Um, George did a lot of stuff. George did background with Counting the Days, Everything I Own, Another Side of the Story. So you guys were really, um, really close friends, almost like, you know, the brothers, like his brothers, cousins, whatever. Exactly. Yes, yeah, you were. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to jump forward a little bit in the interview. A few years ago, and I'm not, again, I don't know, maybe it's true, maybe it's not. I heard there was, there was rumblings that George was upset with you over something. I don't know, but there was a lot of, you had, you had some heat on you from George. But was, was you guys, did you, you guys never have no com- drama? No? No, we, no, never, okay. never did, never did. Okay. I mean, you, you can, you can just ask anybody, you know, Joey Kidd I'm and George you. Lamar. <laughs> Yeah, you, you can ask everybody like just Batman and Robin. Hey, it's Mr. Miami Make playing to join us Saturday, December 15, 2018 at the Celtic Cross Tavern as national recording artist Joey Kipp performs all his hits live, including Counting the Days. Everything I own. Broken promises? And Joey Kidd will also be performing some of his newer songs as well. Don't miss the return of Jay Kwan of the Nasty Boys to the Celtic Cross stage as he performs his hit song. Katie will be serving the drinks all night long. 
Plus, the wait is over. After nine long years, we welcome back DJ Dansky in the mix, alongside DJ Rich Money and me, Mr. Miami, hosting all the festivities. Doors open at 9 p.m. Advanced tickets are only $10 and $15 at the door. The Celtic Cross Tavern is located at 9041 Ashton Road in Northeast Philly, just minutes from 95 and Route 1. Order your tickets and reserve VIP tables at freestylemusicshow.com. That's freestylemusicshow.com, all one word. See you Saturday, December 15, 2018 at the Celtic Cross for Joey Kidd and Jay Kwan of the Nasty Boys.
session. 
this The rhyme from the microphone soloist So you sit by the radio hand on the dial soon As you hear it, pump up the volume Dance with the speaker till you hear it blow Then plug in a headphone, cause here it go It's a full letter word when it's heard to control Your body to dance So, dot text a tempo like a red alert Reach into reflex and let it work When this is playing, you can't get stuck with the steps So to say, and I'ma still come up with A bit to be swift, follow the leader The rhyme will go deaf with the record That would make a long time ago It could be done, but only I could do it For those that could dance to clap their hands to it I start to think, and then I sink into the paper Like I was in when I'm lying I'm trapped in between the line I escape when I finish the rhyme I got so, 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 so,
Red. Everything I own, own, Promises, everything I own, and then counting the days. They were that's how they were released in order. And then the album was that was the album. Uh, the album was called Joe Yes, it was. Did that come out after counting the days, or that that was uh, when I got signed to Atlantic Records? It was actually counting the days. 
that got me signed. Okay, so Joey Carvello, Nathan Dane, and Debbie Gibson's um, sister signed me. Everything was beautiful. Everything was so beautiful. We had broken promises. Think of everything I own. And then when counting the days up, is that when you? Is that when the Atlantic deal happened? Counting the days. Yeah, that's 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 when um Atlantic Records. Yeah. Let's see, 1990. So in 1990, you're just out of being a teenager. You had a record, you, 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 your kids get you know, come from the Bronx. You had to deal with basement, so that's always obviously awesome as a teenager. And then all of a sudden, you drop three records, you're, you're, out, you're probably out doing gigs, you're gigging, and then you get signed to a major. You get signed to Atlantic Records, which is like you know, the top of the top. When you got signed, when you initially heard you're getting signed, what, what did it feel like? When I found out, you know, when you had those beepers and everything, those little, <laughs> looked, like a, looked like a VTR shit, beeper and shit. And um, when Barry's eager, he goes, um, I, got, I got a surprise for you. You just got signed to Atlantic Records. I was amazed. I was down. I was um, um, the Lansing Street. Was your relationship with, with Basement at the time, would you say it was a good relationship? Was it a straightforward relationship? Or did you feel that they were, you know, that typical, stereotypical story that we hear about the artists back in the day getting, you know, getting ripped off? We had the best relationship, me, Barry, and Craig. We never had no ties, no, no bad ties. It was, it was incredible. Barry taught me a lot. Craig taught me a lot. Craig was a, he, he was a weirdo. <laughs> he was one of those... <laughs> What does, what does that mean? <laughs> he was one of those, um... That's a very... You know, I, you know what? <laughs> okay, this is... He looked like, um... God rest his soul. The, um... The guy from NXS. With the, the short, curly hair. So here you are. You're excited to get to see your Atlantic Records. And then when you actually went over to Atlantic, so to speak, and started to do the work, what was the actual reality? Was it still awesome and great? Or did you be like, oh, shit, this is a little different than... It was amazing because thing is that I did a lot of a lot of magazines like Team Bop, Right On. It was like a crossover. Right On was more actually more African American with like Bobby Brown, New Edition. Team Bop was or oh, Tutti Fruity was more like New Kids on the Block. You're like 20 years old and now you're like become like almost like a pop star with your kids. I felt like a George Michael. I, I felt something like that because George Michael is my idol. You know, God rest his soul, but I was around all those cats. New Kids on the Block and all that, new edition. Those magazines were so big. Pop magazine, all that. You could see everybody, like the upcoming actors, like the kids and everything. I was in that magazine. How long was your run with uh, Atlantic? How long were you on Atlantic for? My run was a good, maybe a, a good, maybe a year. Okay. The news that you're being let go, let dropped or whatever, you know, whatever wording you want to use. What, what went through you, man? I mean, I, you know, I can only imagine, the, you know, here you're on a high and things are popping and you're like a real deal and then the carpet's ripped out. From it, it was depressing. It was very depressing. A couple of weeks after that was like, you know, like an upgoing thing when, um, Robert Cavillis and David Cole from Scenes for Music Factory called me to be a part of Trilogy, CNC, and all that. And that, that was a great thing. Were you in Trilogy when they recorded the Na Na Na? Gonna have a good no, time? it was after. Okay. Um, Swim, 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 swim,
I was after that. I don't think I remember you ever being a trilogy, but I stopped following them kind of like after their, you know, freestyle stuff. But, but CNC, obviously, as a DJ that play up format, obviously, you know, they are. But uh, I didn't know that you were on tour with them and you traveled the world with them. So it's pretty crazy. I traveled uh, travel the world. And then I'll tell you one thing Freedom Williams, he loves the shit out of me and George. He's like, you guys are my peeps. That's it. That's all he says. I love the shit out of I you mean, guys. That, that guy's voice is just, you know, he's just right in there, that voice, you know. Yeah, he's like, here is the dome back in the base. <laughs> I remember the first time I heard uh, Gonna Make You Sweat was uh, coming home from a club gig on a Thursday night. It was, it was like three in the morning, and they were just testing the record, and I was like, what the fuck is this? It was like electric. It was, you know, like, eh, eh, eh. I'm like, wait, this is crazy. But um, Let me tell you a story, and then this, this, this is, um, I don't care, because nobody... Trilogy was supposed to do that track, Gonna Make You Sweat. Duran did not want to do it because he said that it's not him. But then Freedom took it over because remember, before Freedom did Gonna Make You Sweat, I get dumb. Dum 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 dum. dum. The yep. house track. Bang on. So now, David Cole approached Trilogy, I got going to make you sweat. And Duran was not feeling it. Duran was the leader, so to speak, quote unquote, of Trilogy. Like, where does CNR play in this? CNR, CNR was not a part of us. He was, CNR was in his own, in his own, like, his own cycle. You know, like, JR own cycle. Because Duran was the only trilogy with me angel before that was darren who darren is now like acting and big time movies in hollywood always been me angel and duran when we were cnc music factory in the early days with cnr he was from like who was he in the beginning with red hot uh cnr and jr and duran they they are the originals that's trilogy okay that's trilogy. but the thing is that it's like Trilogy is like a menudo. Different, different, different incarnations. So you're in the business, dude. You're a good-looking dude. I mean, you know, it's what it is. You're all these, you know, teeny popper magazines and and you know, good, good-looking guys. So you're, you know, you're around all these attractive friends in the business. Did you ever date any any of the girls in the business? Uh, no. Seriously, no, nothing. Not, no, not at all. I, I was just me. I was just, you know, being young. It's just a rat. Yeah. Just, <laughs> I was just like, you know, no. You know, um, but the thing is that no, because I always, I always, how can I say this? The, the, the girl's like, you know, like a, I love Cynthia. I think she's like, because I consider her my sister, Judy. Does that you know them? It sounds like a Cynthia, lot of these, a lot of the girls all your sisters, more or less, right? I, I think Cynthia is more, in, in the music, I think Cynthia is more, like, more, you know, I'm, I'm more close to her than anybody yeah. else. She's a beautiful person. I know her family, I know her mom, you know, her husband and everything. And we, we keep it close like that. 
I bought there a few years ago in Philly at a place called Route One. We would do freestyle nights every Saturday. <clears throat> and um, we booked her one time, and uh, probably my favorite artist. She stayed, She did every song that she pretty, did, pretty much did. She had a great time up there. Because sometimes they book back, and they like, not so much now, but they try to get off stage, it seems like. They don't want to be up there. And now I'm like thinking to myself, well, you know, first of all, look, look let's, even if it's a few hundred bucks, let's just say from a few hundred bucks to a few thousand. It's written that, isn't that what we all, you know, if you're in the business, you aspire to be on the stage to perform. No, the thing is that when you are, when you're on the stage, honestly, when you're on the stage, that stage is supposed to be heaven to you. That stage, you, you make it heaven. Even, you know, even if like the mic is messed up or this is messed up, whatever, but you need to make it heaven. As soon as you get off that stage, you come down to earth. You know what I'm saying? That stage mm-hmm. is supposed to be heaven to you. So you've gone through some incredible highs and, and you've gone through some, some really low lows in the business. Um, yes, I did. And, and it sounds like you're in a, in a really great spot today and that's, I'm really happy for you and I'm really proud of you. I know how rough it has been entertainment and then people don't realize what we go through uh, on a daily basis just to try to survive doing our art. They take her for granted, so they we see you on stage. Like, oh, Joey Kid, you see the star, you got this and got that. But you know, just like anyone else, whether it's Joey Kid or K Seven or Stevie, every we all got our own other bullshit going on in our life that we have to take care of. Besides that, and it's not always roses, as we say. So it's like you know, a lot of people you know tend to take things so for granted. And the thing is that when when you are an entertainer, you love what you do and I love the shit what I do I love to grab that mic or just sing in front of my lady and do what I have to do or practice or do whatever we don't take that for granted because the Lord Jesus blessed us with his talent do you feel that at any time during your career it's been a by the way it's been a long career um do you feel any time that you're taking your career for granted at all I don't take my career for granted I take my career for a beautiful a beautiful journey because i like to get better and better when did you start looking at like it like that because I, I don't i you know i feel like as we're older now i definitely vibe on what you're saying but you know i'll be honest with you when i i mean Please. cnc was cnc was a, a a big big a big franchise for me okay but i really couldn't get open I couldn't get open because it was so many from Zelma. Well, Freedom was back and forth. Zelma, Martha Wash. Martha Wash was was a big, big. She was a. I, I loved the shit out of her. You know, Duran. I love the shit out. That's my boy, Duran. David Cole. Really, what really got me to really open up more in my vocals and style, whatever, is my lady. Melissa. So, so, so help, she helped you find yourself more or less, what you're saying. Exactly. So wait, so what you're telling me, dude, is you've been in the music business since you were a kid, had some numerous record deals, you've had hit records, you've been on Billboard, you've got gram- nominated for a Grammy, you're on TV Popper magazines. Wait a minute, you're telling me this is not all roses? You mean, you told me there was times you like you were depressed? Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, I'm being sarcastic. Yeah, there's, people there's, think, there's, that, people think that Joey Kid or all these 
singers or stars or whatever you want to call them. You guys are human. Get, like, just like Exactly. We, we get the press, man. We get the press. And, and we have to hold our own in a way that we have to say to ourselves, like, you know, we can't say, like, the fans, the fans look at us. The fans could judge. The fans could just, I don't, I don't call, I don't call people that love my music fans. I call them family. I call them family. I don't call them fans. I, think, I call I think, them fans. I think, it's, I, I think it's a great thing. I, I actually do the same thing, but what I call them, uh, so I pain in the answer. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, what I call them is, um, I call them supporters. I call them supporters because, uh, like, I I feel like sometimes the the, the word fan can be. And I, no, I sound, it, you it, might it, get this. You might get this because I because I I see where you're going with the family thing, because they kind of are part of your family. They're they're following your journey. They're participants, especially the ones that are supportive. And that's why I use the word supporters when I try to write texts. I, I try not to use the word fan so much. I try to use the word supporters. Thank you for your support. And you know, just you with a, fa- a family. So I get I get what you're saying with that. You went through depression. Did you turn to alcohol or drugs, or, or did you even food? Did you turn? Can you no, what no. vice? What vice helped you get through the depression? I, I I was very like in my room, quiet. You know, very quiet. Me and my mom would talk. She would she would you know actually she would really be there by my side. You know what I'm saying? So you weren't, you weren't, you didn't go to alcohol, you didn't do any drugs, you didn't overeat, you didn't, you weren't a sex addict, nope. you could deal with any of that stuff? No, 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 I didn't hear that. Most, and you're a bigger man than most everybody else after me. <laughs> that, that, that'll be, that'll be the worst, that, just to turn to that. Right. Yeah. Let's talk about uh, your time with Evan Ramos and some of your newer songs like See You In My Heart Tonight. And let's talk about the great Evan Ramos. Edwin Ramos is a, a, he's incredible and he approached me and he said that you're the only person that I'm gonna work with in this, in, you know, in the freestyle industry. But I don't, but I don't consider you freestyle. I consider you versatile. So we started working with you in my heart. And we started tur- Which by the way is one of my favorite songs, dude. When we were doing the Freestyle Dead podcast weekly on uh, live radio from the Teeth, uh, that thing was in my rotation. I, it was just because it wasn't a typical freestyle song. Like I have a problem with a lot of music that's released that I freestyle wise. Um, I feel like a lot of guys they uh, they've mastered the sound of 1990. Um, if you know what I mean. Well, your record, that record was more of a. If that record had money behind it, that record could have been a, 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 a pop. It's a pop song. It's, it's a. It's a very dance R&B pop song. Yep, and it's, and it's a tight song. It's a production tight. The singing tight. I mean, it's a very great. And I used to play heavy on my rotation.
Thank you so much. I, I appreciate. You better be that. singing that. You better be singing that in Philly on December fifteenth. Let's talk. Let's talk about tonight. And, you and, know what? And how, you know what? How did the whole Edwin Rainbow thing come about? We we just started. Um, we started talking because uh, online. Like, remember the back in the day, uh, YouTube. Not not YouTube. Um, MySpace and all that. So we just started talking, and he said, he said I got a project for you. Blah blah blah. This and this and that. It went from there. We started to record, see in my heart, a good friend of mine, Jimmy Mercedes, back in the day, he, he used to sing freestyle back in the day, he was calling Edwin, and Edwin says, you know, I'm in the studio with Joey Kidd, he goes, get the fuck out of here, what the fuck, I got a song for him, so the song was Tonight, and Tonight was a slow, it was a ballad, it wasn't, it wasn't a freestyle track. It was a ballad. So Edwin, we did it. Boom. And that's how tonight became tonight. So do you have any plans uh, with Edwin right now to work on? Are you working on anything new? Yes. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Because I have these two songs that I'm going to be doing that I wrote that I did with um, Ken Do, who is um, a husband of Sapphire. And we did this track a long time ago that I wrote. And it's called Come Back to Me. Beautiful song that I wrote. And when I finished the song, he was like, he called me like 12, 12 midnight. And he was like, Joey, you know, um, Wilma came into the room and she started to sing over the track, the harmonies, which sounds amazing. Amazing. Right now, I can't get in touch with them, which I don't, I'm not going to just, <clears throat> try to my girl Melissa she has a beautiful freaking voice you know she has a song by your side a beautiful voice so she's gonna just get busy with it awesome that's great yo isn't it kind of crazy looking back um at all the all your friends that you grew up with well, not all of them but I mean a majority of them and all you cats were you know singing on the corner and streets and the playgrounds and dancing, doing graffiti, and, you know, going to the club, trying to get in underage, and and looking back now, isn't it crazy, like, where all you, like, were able to go? Isn't that pretty miraculous? Like, it's, it's crazy, ain't it? It's, it's a great thing. It's a great thing because, you know what, because you stay you stay healthy, stay focused, and I, I, I can look at Stevie B. I can look at Stevie B, and Stevie B 
stays focused, but Stevie B is Stevie B. That's all I could say. You know, Melissa's cousin. You know, that, you know that statement can go a lot of different ways. <laughs> you say Stevie is Stevie. A lot of people listen to this. A lot of people listen to this. A lot of people would tell me, what do I think about him at this time? I'm like, well, what, are you, what are you trying to tell me? Stevie B is Stevie B. Let, let him be. Like I say, let him be. <laughs> but the thing is that... Melissa's cousin, he plays, he plays the drums and sings and dance and everything. And, you know, and Melissa's brother dance with Stevie B and everything. God rest her soul. So I, I have a question here, but it's, uh, we've mentioned her name a few times. So let's talk about this wonderful girl, Melissa, and let's talk about how you ended up in San Jose, California. Uh, now you live in you live on the West Coast now. So let's talk about Melissa for a second. Just to fill people in on who she is besides the wonderful woman in your life. And let's talk about her brother and, and let's talk about that history and let's fill the listeners in on uh, some history on, on the, the woman in your life. Her brother was amazing. Her brother was just... Uh, so dope with me and every time I do shows. So Melissa's brother's name is Phil, um, but everyone in freestyle, if you listen to freestyle, you would know him as Carell. He was a, a backup dancer for Steve, backup dancer and singer for Stevie B. And Phil and Eric and all them guys, I actually, when, when I was a younger kid, uh, we would go early to shows and hang out and, and the, the guys, Eric and Phil and Carell and, and uh, the, the three of I forget some of the other names and I got to, you know, I got to meet Chaya and Dazzle and, and, I mean, all these, you know. Yeah. When you, what, see, this is what people don't understand. Cause they, you know, digital music is great because it's, it's easy to, to access, but, you know, I used to read the covers, the sleeves, and, and when I would meet them, you know, go into a sound check and sneaking, you know, like we're little kids sneaking in the sound check and, and meeting these guys and, and knew these guys over the years. And then when Carell, when Stevie put Carell's stuff out, you know, we would play that. You know, we always in Philly, like you know, we always played that. We had the we had the, the freestyle promotion, like uh, record pool that we would do. So we would always play Corral. We'd always give them guys love, man. They were always the dancers were. They were always cool to us, man. They they always mm, they're beautiful, just man. They were so beautiful, so beautiful, yeah, so beautiful. So then you you reconnect with Melissa, and then all of a sudden you fall in love. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Joey, is there anything else you would like to say to everyone listening right now? I just want to say that I want you to enjoy my show. I want to give all my love to everything I do with my music to you guys. And I hope you appreciate what I'm singing. And hopefully, I, I just you can come up to me. You can go, this is my favorite song. This is my favorite song. This is my favorite song. I love you guys. Like I said, you guys are familia, family. Not fans, family. Thank you. Joey, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us. Uh, everyone looks forward to seeing you perform Saturday, December 15th at the Celtic Cross Tavern in Philly. You can get more information, purchase tickets, get to VIP tables at freestylemusicshow.com right now. Joey Kidd will be performing all his freestyle music. Make plans to be there now, Saturday, December 15th, to see Joey Kidd live. Joey, once again, thank you so much for taking time to, to talk to us today. Thank you. Thank you so much. Banging out the freestyle hits. It's DJ Rich Money.
Lifestyle Hits. It's Philly's DJ Rich Money.
story go? She was fine. The girl was from the project. She had long brown hair. And her body be open. Then she had a boyfriend. I don't feel like, but I didn't mind. And she wanted to be with me. So we'd have to set her free. And when I hear her name. Make plan to join us Saturday, December 15, 2018 at the Celtic Cross Tavern as national recording artist Joey Kipp performs all his hits live, including Counting the Days. Everything I own. Kid will also be performing some of his newer songs as well. Don't miss the return of Jay Kwan of the Nasty Boys to the Celtic Cross stage as he performs his hit song. will be serving the drinks all night long plus the wait is over after nine long years we welcome back dj dansky in the mix alongside dj rich money and me mr miami hosting all the festivities 
Doors open at 9 p.m. Advanced tickets are only $10 and 15 at the door. The Celtic Cross Tavern is located at 9041 Ashton Road in Northeast Philly, just minutes from 95 and Route 1. Order your tickets and reserve VIP tables at freestylemusicshow.com. That's freestylemusicshow.com, all one word. See you Saturday, December 15, 2018 at the Celtic Cross for Joey Kidd and Jay Kwan of the Nasty Boys.
show? Love the music? Tell your friends to tune in to Freestyle Is Not Dead. 